cup check. Hello friends, Steve Dangle here, and welcome to my annual post-game series for the Stanley Cup Final called Cup Check. And it never, ever features the Leafs. Ever. Except for this one line. That was the first time the Panthers lost a game since May 10th against the Leafs. The Leafs were the last team to beat the Panthers before tonight. Ah! All that to say, Vegas wins game one of the 2023 Stanley Cup Final over the Florida Panthers, taking a 1-0 lead in the series. Before we get into all that, wanna bet? Why don't you make your next bet with Sports Interaction? When the puck drops, Sports Interaction has you covered pregame, live betting on all major sports, and prop bets. Don't forget to go to Dangles Doozies. Wanna bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com SDPN and download the Sports Interaction app, but only if you're 19 plus, please play responsibly. Now! Fascinating series. And the second time that I've done a cup check video series for a Stanley Cup final featuring the Vegas Golden Knights. That of course was in 2018 against Washington Capitals and that was the last time that we were guaranteed to have a first time cup winner. Both teams in the Stanley Cup final had zero cups in franchise history. That applies again this year because Vegas did not win in 2018 and the Florida Panthers have never won it, even though they went to the Stanley Cup Final in 96. Now, if you've been listening to the Steve Dangle Podcast on SDPN, you'll know my thoughts on this series heading into it. Two fun teams, fun styles, and it's gonna be a rough and violent series. Both teams have got away with absolute murder to get through their respective conferences. During play, after the whistles, everything. Two teams that didn't begin these playoffs with the very incredible goalie they're using. There are a lot of things about both teams' paths to the Stanley Cup Final that don't make any sense, so why not start the Stanley Cup Final with a shorthanded goal? NHL officiating off to a fantastic start in this one. Aiden Hill makes a save and there's a brouhaha in front of his net. Sam Bennett cross-checks him on purpose. Not tremendously hard, but he does do it on purpose, and goalies don't like when you touch them. They like it when you touch them with the puck. But nothing else! But again, details and names are important in the sequence. Bennett did that to Aiden Hill. Aiden Hill knew that. He stood up and he said, hey, don't do that, Sam Bennett, and he got very upset. Nick Cousins gets involved. He gets mauled! Jack Eichel was holding them, and while he was holding them, Aiden Hill punched both Nick Cousins and him in the face. And then no less than three Vegas Golden Knights jumped him. So you know who's going to the box? That's right, Nick Cousins two minutes for roughing. What? Vegas coming out of that sequence with a power play makes no sense and they didn't even get the right Panther! So Panthers head coach Paul Maurice, whose ability to whine about every single call is actually something that I admire and strive toward, he gets rewarded. <laughs> with a shorthanded goal. It's Eric Stahl, who is still killing penalties at 38 years old, scoring his second goal of the playoffs. Just his second, but it was a big one, and it's 1-0 Florida. By the way, I'm sure you're wondering when Stahl's first playoff goal was. It was game two against Boston. My other fun stat on that is that was only Stahl's fourth point of the playoffs, and yet this is his second two-game point streak. After that, Florida and Vegas trade power plays. Vegas kills one off, and then Vegas goes to the power play again, and they say, hey, we're the ones who are supposed to score. And funny enough, it actually works out that way. Jonathan Marcheseau, who is one of the original six Vegas Golden Knights who are still with the team. I always say five, that's because I forget about Zach Whitecloud because he barely played the first time. He scored his 10th 
of the playoffs. His 10th, which is ridiculous because he didn't score at all in the first round. He didn't score in any of the five games against Winnipeg. He didn't score in the first two games of the series against the Oilers. And he has 10 goals in 11 games since. He has goals in five of his last six games. The dude cannot be stopped. That's a power play goal and it's a tie game heading into intermission. About halfway through the second period, we talked about how Eric Stahl only got his second goal in the playoffs. Shea Theodore with his first! And it was the first of a pair of incidences where the Vegas Golden Knights just made it so that Sergei Bobrovsky, who has been the best goaltender in these playoffs, could not be special. With goalies, they say you gotta be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. But you gotta be especially lucky to stop a puck you can't see. And if you take away a goalie's eyes, what's he gonna do other than guess? Not only is Brett Howden in front here, but Bobrovsky's own defender has taken away his eyes. Shea Theodore puts it on perfectly, beats Bob clean, and that's Vegas's first lead of the game. There was a good question I got on Twitter about how Vegas uses the point to their advantage, and I want to talk about it later because obviously that would not be the last time in this game that they did that. Now I cannot, cannot talk about Florida tying this up until I talk about the play of the game. It was the best highlight of this game. Aiden Hill with what was probably, what will probably go down as the save of the year. Florida doing what Florida does to a science, creating chaos and somehow getting everyone to forget what their assignment is and being alone in front. Forget the Vegas defense knowing what their assignment is. Aiden Hill wasn't even in his net, but the best saves, I said the best saves, are born from goalies being in silly goose positions. Look at this save! Look at this! Hanging in the Louvre! Hanging in the Hall of Fame at minimum! They need to, listen, as soon as this series is done, as soon as this series is done, that stick belongs in the Hockey Hall of Fame. I'm serious. Maybe not if Vegas loses. If Vegas loses, you maybe don't want that say uh, that that stick. But I tell you what, if Aiden Hill is willing, uh, that thing should absolutely go in the hall. That's ridiculous. And by the way, if you've never been to the Hockey Hall of Fame, because I just realized I grew up in the city where the Hockey Hall of Fame resides, that does not mean it's an all-time artifact. The Hall of Fame has recent artifacts in there. Like stuff from the past couple seasons so that you can go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Obviously, the Hall of Fame is full of lots of old stuff. So here here we go. Vegas, they have the 2-1 lead. They've made the save of the year. They're about to head into intermission into the third period with the lead. Things are going great. The fans are happy. And tell you what, how, how about I leave my seat just, just 11 seconds early so I could, you know, go get a snack or go to the bathroom. No, no. That's where Florida excels. In the final two minutes, they have to be the best team in the NHL in these playoffs, seriously. The final two minutes of any frame, they are gonna get you. And they're gonna get you in the dumbest ways. Florida wins the faceoff, Duclair gets it, just fires the thing on. Fires it on, it hits Zach Whitecloud in the knee, and there's nothing Whitecloud could even do. He like tries to pivot, he knows it's about to hit him, and it just hits him because the puck is faster. It deflects past Aiden Hill, Guess what? You shouldn't have got up out of your seat. Or maybe you should have, because you didn't want to see it, because you're a Vegas Golden Knights fan, because this game is in Vegas. I don't know, but it's 2-2 heading into intermission after all of that. After Florida outshot Vegas 9-7 in the first, the second period was madness. 14-14, 28 shots, and a tie is exactly what we deserved. Vegas is still leading in categories like time with the puck and ozone time with the puck but 
the Florida Panthers are no strangers to being down in those categories. They're an extremely advantageous team that, yeah, they get a lot of saves, and you know what? Maybe a little bit of luck, like that Duclair goal. Maybe it's making your own luck. Maybe they're just the team of destiny. They only need four more games of destiny. But as Vegas showed in the third period, they're gonna need four more games of strategy. A few minutes into the third period, it's Vegas creating chaos in the Florida Panthers zone. And it's a play that develops really quickly. They send it to the point and hope for the best. Now look at this. This is Zach Whitecloud's shot. Now, in a vacuum, I don't know if this is the best shot. I think a lot of players would just automatically look to pass this thing because, oh, we don't have any bodies in front. They have two, we have none. Where are our guys? I'm either going to hold on to this or pass it off. But it doesn't matter if you have guys in front. A screen is a screen, and he sees that Bobrovsky is screened. Shoots it, and again, it doesn't touch a thing. His second of the playoffs as well gives Vegas the 3-2 lead. This would be the eventual game-winning goal. And yes, I know you're dying to know Zach Whitecloud's last goal, the only other goal he scored in these playoffs, was game three against Edmonton. His last point was game one against Dallas. And I specifically said that was the game-winning goal because I feel like a lot of people aren't gonna remember it that way because of Mark Stone. This actually comes off of a play where Vegas is like kind of starting to take over the game. Stevenson has a wide open chance. Barbashev was a bat out of hell in this one and it's fired wide. Vegas holds the line and they hold on to it. Florida gets it back. Matthew Kachuk, dude, he's on with the TNT panel. He's on, he's in People Magazine. They're talking about him as the face of the NHL. The face with the dangling mouth guard. He throws it into the air, just dun, 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 dun. But Mark Stone with that stick that has a weird knob on the end that should probably be illegal if we're being honest, but it's not. He knocks it out of the air to himself. Absolutely snipes it on Bob and the place goes nuts. Now they review it. Is it a high stick? And oh boy, it looks like it might be. And I think a lot of us were like, well, this stick was above his shoulder a little bit, maybe. I don't know if it's conclusive, but maybe. And turns out that's not the rule. Here's a tweet from a thread that was talking about that. It's not based on where the shoulder is when he plays it though. It absolutely was above that. It's based on where his shoulder level would normally be, and that's not clear at all. When he stands at full height when he's celebrating, it's well below that shoulder level, in my opinion. And that's my opinion as well. So apparently, shoulder height is not fixed to your shoulder. And I mean, I guess that makes sense, because if you were on your knees, for example, and the puck was in the air and you swung at it, uh, would that be above your shoulders? Of course it would be. But would it be above shoulder height? No. There's a comedian, I, I think it's Stephen Wright, has the joke, no matter what room you walk into, it's always room temperature. That's what this rule reminds me of, except the opposite. No matter where your shoulder is at, that is shoulder height, except the opposite. Listen, if you're a Panthers fan, I understand why you'd be upset about that, but as a fan of the sport, I'm very glad that counted. For how many of the people in that building was that the best goal they ever saw live?
drive. It's skill, it's dominance, it's Mark Stone to a T. It is offense born from defense. That's who that dude is. And after the unsuccessful review, it's 4-2 and the Panthers get a penalty. And at the very end of that penalty, the Florida Panthers decide we're done playing hockey actually. There's less than five minutes left and everything deteriorates. Mark Stahl has Nick Hag in a headlock and Matthew Kachuk, who could have punched him before this, decides this is the perfect time to punch him. Cause he's really tough. And then after that, finally when Nick Hag breaks free of the hold that Mark Stahl has him in, Sam Bennett comes blindside and sucker punches Nick Hag in the face. Because he's really, really tough. Steve, didn't you mention earlier that Aiden Hill punched a player who was being held? Yes, that's bad too. Do you see how they're both bad? So I said something about Sam Bennett earlier in these playoffs and you ever say something that makes you go, ooh, ooh, I, I need to think about that. And what I said was, it's not difficult to do what Sam Bennett does. And I thought about that and I still mean it, but I do need to explain it a little bit more. And obviously this applies a little to Matthew Kachuk too, although it is very hard to be nominated for the Hart Trophy. Here's what I mean by it's not difficult to do what Sam Bennett does, because of course it's difficult to do what Sam Bennett has done. He was a fourth overall pick with the Calgary Flames and doubted it every turn despite being a fourth overall pick and held out of the lineup and then traded to Florida and then was immediately good, by the way. I feel like we didn't hold that against Daryl Sutter who wouldn't put him in the lineup nearly enough and Brad for living who traded him. We're, we're going to ignore that part. And he's in the lineup not just because he scores, not just because he has an impact, but it's hard to find what he brings and it's hard to do what he does. It's hard to be the guy who goes into the corner every time, he's behind the net every time, he's in puck battles and he's fighting every time. But what is not difficult to do is to punch a dude in the face. It's very easy to punch a dude in the face. It is so easy to punch a dude in the face that we have created laws and in hockey rules designed to make it so that you're not allowed to punch a dude in the face. Imagine how much easier every sport would be if you were just allowed to punch a dude in the face. Like Nikola Jokic in the NBA with the Denver Nuggets. They're up one nothing in, in the NBA final and he goes up for a layup. What if instead of figuring out how to defend Nikola Jokic, like how to find a way to do that strategically. Imagine how much easier it would be to simply punch him in the face. I was watching the FA Cup final today, Man City versus Man United, Holland out there. That guy scores a lot of goals. What if instead of figuring out how to defend him, you simply punched him in the face? Breaking the rules isn't hard. Breaking the rules is easy. Playing within the rules is hard. So that's what I meant by it's not hard to do what he does. Vegas adds an empty netter. It's Riley Smith against the Panthers, lol. And the Panthers drop game one to the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas up one nothing with a 5-2 victory. Questions? Over under 9.5 penalties called for the rest of the series. Well, over, way over, but you're asking the wrong question. The right question would be how many power plays will there be? And I don't know how we categorize this, but power plays that matter? Like you can bet that if Vegas is down big in the final five minutes or Florida is down big in the final five minutes, 
they're gonna create havoc and they're gonna beat people up. They're they're gonna break the rules. Whole lot of rule breaking. Careful if Alex Petrangelo's on the ice, it'll be wrist breaking. It's only one game, by the way. It's just one. I tell you what, Vegas had a power play goal in this one. It usually dries up in a playoff series around game three, game four, and what we've seen in recent Stanley Cup finals, just anecdotally. Those power plays go away after about game two. <laughs> about game two, dude. You gotta... <laughs> if you're gonna draw some penalties, you better do it next game because it's over. This is what I was talking about. Is it me or did Bob have issues seeing through traffic with Vegas? And is that something they could exploit like the Leafs did against Vasilevsky in the Tampa series? So that was a thing. The, the Leafs generated the right traffic in front of Andre Vasilevsky and they hustled hard in front of the net and that's how they were able to score. But as we saw with the Zach Whitecloud goal and to a lesser degree the Shea Theodore goal, it wasn't about traffic in front necessarily, not an abundance of it. Even on the Theodore goal, it was one guy. With the Leafs strategy against Tampa, I think it was about creating traffic in front. With Vegas against Florida, at least in game one, I think it's shot selection. Their D are very clever, or at least they were in this game, with where they place it, but also when they choose to release it. Because Bob didn't see either of those things. He was late reacting and guessing. Really difficult to execute though, and that was Theodore's first of the playoffs, White Cloud second. I don't know if we can count on that consistently going through this series. And if I'm Paul Maurice, that's probably what I'm trying to preach to the guys. Like, I don't think they're going to get two goals from their D again. So that is it for this first edition of Cup Check in 2023. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends. See you after game two.